Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So the uh, the truckers who are angry about the vaccine mandate continue to roll toward Ottawa here, and we anticipate they'll get there later in the week, and there could be a big rally there. This, of course, is over the, the anger by some truckers mm-hmm. on the vaccine mandate to cross the Canada-U.S. border. And we talked about that yesterday in the show, pointing out the Americans... The Americans got the same rule. So yeah. it's like, if the Americans are not going to let you in without being vaccinated, yeah. there's not much Trudeau can do about that. But in fact, the truckers seem to be missing. It's a it's a two-way border. Uh, if the Americans have the rule, you're stuck no matter what the Canadian government position is. Okay, now here's what I find interesting, because Aaron O'Toole, the conservative leader, was asked about this yesterday. And I'm going to play an interesting clip of him for you. But first, have a listen to this. Now, this is, this is Pierre Polyev, conservative MP, He's been a guest on this show several times. He's the conservative finance critic. He's a very high-profile conservative MP. Here he is talking about the, the truckers and the vaccination issue. Get your thoughts. If you walk into a grocery store and you see products on the shelves, thank a trucker. If you walk into a grocery store and you see empty shelves, thank Justin Trudeau. His policy a vaccine vendetta against our hardworking truckers is going to drive up the cost for our people, drive people out of work, and leave us with empty shelves. Okay, so the vaccine vendetta against against truckers in Canada is the way the conservative finance critic describes I think it. The, I think the conservatives are playing a dangerous game here. The, this trucker protest has been usurped by the anti-vax movement. You can draw a direct line between the anti-vaxxers, the conspiracy theorists, the Trumpians, um, and it's um, it's it's been there for you know since day one. They've been usurped by the far right. So, if the conservatives want to align themselves basically with an increasingly a Trumpian type of protest, that's a dangerous game to play in Canada. We had a, a Ipsos poll out yesterday: seventy, almost seventy percent of Canadians want to basically punish those who refuse to get vaccinated. The votes aren't there for the conservatives on this issue. Okay, so it's it, like it's interesting that uh, Poliev pulls no punches on this at all. No, but then when O'Toole waffles, though. Okay, listen to O'Toole because O'Toole was asked about this yesterday. You'll hear the reporter's question. Now listen to O'Toole kind of duck and dodge this thing here. But now that there are unvaccinated truckers rolling into Ottawa, you won't say whether you support them. You won't say whether you will meet with them. So what should Canadians think about your position? Do you not support the trucking convoy? I support getting as many people vaccinated as possible, including truckers. And I've probably, with the exception of a few doctors who are on TV every day, I've probably encouraged vaccination more than any Canadian. Okay, now in fairness to him, he did go on to say that he but he wasn't totally clear on it, but he sort of suggested that maybe there should be an exemption for truckers or you could use rapid testing for an unvaccinated trucker. But he clear, you know, he clearly doesn't want to use the same language that his finance critic is using. The whole vaccination issue has vexed Aaron O'Toole since day one. Uh, he won't talk about his caucus being vaccinated. He won't talk about vaccine mandates in it with any clarity. And the trucking protest has, has, I think, magnified the difference that exists in that caucus. It is not a unified caucus on this issue. And O'Toole is basically trying to walk a very fine line here. His finance critic has clearly aligned himself with a fairly significantly far-right movement here. 
And again, I don't think O'Toole wants to go there. But at the same time, he's not going to call out his finance critic. Okay, he's, he's kind of. It seems a little, conservatives want to seem to have it a little bit both ways. Well, they're afraid it. to take a position uh, yeah. coherent. So Poliev's position is not the one O'Toole is, is espousing. Yeah. It's not. They're different positions. Yeah. And again, it's on an issue of critical importance. It's, it's interesting to listen to them because a lot of people think Poliev maybe should be the leader of this party. Actually, so we'll, well he'll take we'll them. In a, he'll take them in a significantly rightward position, which might yeah. play well in Alberta. But again. It, it does nothing to uh, meet the challenge the Tories have, which is to get votes in Metro Vancouver, yeah, Metro yeah. Toronto, and Metro Montreal. And that's not where the anti-vaxxers have any strength. Okay, let's go across the pond here and talk about Boris Johnson and the ladies. Now, we're, we're bracing Bojo. Bojo. So we're bracing for this report set to come out on the Partygate scandal, as it's been called. Now, the parties that were going on at 10 Downing Street in contravention, mm-hmm. allegedly, of COVID restrictions. Now, yesterday, ITV, the news network in the United Kingdom, reported on another party. So in they Vancouver, say there was... the Broadway subway project is underway. And you... Okay. <laughs> Not sure what that was. Um, another party. Now, listen, now this this party allegedly took place at a birth... It was a birthday party. ITV reported Back for Boris, Boris Johnson 2020. Boris, the, the Prime Minister's office is denying that this party happened. It would have been in contravention, but Johnson's critics piling on here. Have a listen to this. This is the UK Labour Party leader, Keir Starmer. Have a listen. This is yet more evidence that we've got a Prime Minister who believes that the rules that he made don't apply to him. And so we've got a Prime Minister and a government that spend their whole time mopping up sleaze and deceit Meanwhile, millions of people are struggling to pay their bills, and we can't afford to go on with this chaotic, rudderless government. The Prime Minister is a national distraction, and he's got to go. Okay, so of course the opposition's going to pile on him. Yeah, Johnson's problem is not with the Labour Party. The Labour Party doesn't pose a threat to him. It's his own caucus. As you and I have discussed before, they need a little more than 50 uh, letters from caucus members to trigger a leadership review or a leadership vote. And that's what he's facing this week, potentially. I think the report should be out as early as tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just about one party. It's about the whole culture of 10 Downing Street and, and the government caucus. And that's going to potentially be explosive and potentially damaging enough to take uh, Johnson under that job. Yeah, and this report is being done by some nonpartisan civil servant who was tasked to look into it. Yes, a woman you. whose name escapes me right now, yeah. but she's in charge of this and yeah. uh, she's been and she's an independent sort of watchdog on this right. and her report is going to you know it's going to be interesting to see how the the caucus receives this. Do they want a leadership review? Do they want a leadership vote? You've got the Ukraine situation about to explode. Is that suddenly going to kick this off the headlines? We'll have to see. Okay, following that one closely, did you hear about Biden and his exchange with this Fox News reporter? Not the first or last time a, a politician regrets telling a reporter to basically get stuffed. Yeah, okay, so this was uh, this happened the other day at a news conference. So Joe Biden, he's he was questioned by a Fox News reporter who asked him if inflation could be a political liability for Biden. And Biden thought it didn't think, wasn't very impressed with the question. Mm -hmm. And here's what he said. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. (laughs) Okay, a stupid SOB called him there. I think he phoned him back to apologize. He did. 
Yeah. So uh, Biden Biden phoned him. Now you know no one no one should condone any any kind of thing like any politician. I thought it was a, calling out a reporter. It's a legitimate question. I'm not sure why Biden went, went off the handle there. But again, it's nothing compared to what Trump used to do, which was a daily daily uh, exchange between Trump and reporters. But uh, Biden's got to be careful, and all politicians, everyone, and I work in broadcast, so do you. Always be aware of the microphone. Although, although I got to be honest, when I was looking at it, the way that Biden had kind of a he had kind of a grin on his face when he said it, and I started thinking like. I wonder if you know darn well what you're doing here, and you know you're being picked up by a mic. Uh, that just that just occurred to me that maybe he knew what was going on. Well, it's a, it, the fact that it was a Fox News reporter, I think I, there's no love loss between Fox News and the Biden administration. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty clear. Some of that stuff gets a little personal. Yeah, Jen Psaki, it's been reported, his press secretary uh, told him, like, encouraged him to phone the Fox News reporter and, and patch it up, patch it over. She has appeared on Fox News. There's a little bit of a detente going on a bit between the Biden White House and Fox News mm-hmm. to an to an extent. Yeah. And and some of the the Fox News commentators didn't didn't completely tee off on Biden over this. It was kind of an interesting incident. If you take Tucker Carlson out of the picture, Fox yeah. News has calmed down a little bit since since Trump was in the White House. I think they realized that uh there's no point in being Trumpian-like uh, at a time when Trump's not in the White House. Okay, real quick, we have a, a, a COVID update this afternoon. You expecting anything big there? Nothing extraordinarily big, no. It's just uh, um, pr- probably further drill down on the hospitalizations. So, you know, again, don't pay attention. You know, pay attention to everything. But the, the daily case counts are not as indicative of what's going on right now than the daily hospitalization. And ICU numbers. The good news yesterday, after three days, after a week of rising ICU cases, they tapered off. Well, they, they basically held stable for three days, and that's good news. All right. Welcome back to the show. Keith Baldry is my guest. It's Baldry's Beat, and the phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Mike in New West. Hey, Mike. Hello. Hi. Right, go ahead. So uh, this is to Keith Baldry. And I'll give you a week. I'll phone in next Tuesday and ask you the answer. I just want to challenge you to tell me one, one misinformation or lie that Tucker Carlson has said. Just one. And I'll give you a week to figure it out and find it out. We got to, okay. Talk to you next week. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. Tucker Carlson is, uh, you know, well, you know, what about defending the uh, the the, the January sixth uh, insurrection, which he's tried to portray as basically T- an Tucker effort to Carlson shut down is dissent. an extreme right wing commentator, yeah. uh, and he dines out on this. It, it, he dines out on his infamy. He's got a huge audience, no yeah. question. He's Fox News is probably number one asset. Sure, he's and, got the highest rate of show on Fox. Yeah, so I mean, uh, sure, he he likes to be as uh, ridiculous and as far out there as possible because that's what drives his rating. Yeah. Okay, 604 he'll call you next week. Yeah, I can't wait. 604-280-9898. Star 9898 on your cell. Kelly and Ladner. Hey, Kelly. Oh, hi there. Um, hi. I was just thinking, like, people like Trudeau, um, how can they possibly relate to anything like walking into a drugstore, um, wearing a mask and trying, you know, there's nothing on the shelves, basically, and trying to relate to these truckers. They, like, it's just, it's like he's up there and we're down here. Do you, th- do you think there have been, like, if you go into a drugstore right now, are you seeing empty shelves? Yep. Walmart, really? Safeway. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, like you know, in the store, must, the store be. I shop in, I haven't, I haven't seen. Like no. sometimes you'll see a couple of things are out of stock, but 
Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been because one of the this is one of the things that conservatives have seized on on this trucker issue. They're saying, look, this is going to cause supply chain problems and we're going to have empty so, empty grocery so store the, shelves. The, the, and, suppl- Trudeau, and Trudeau is saying that's fear mongering. Supply chain problems have been there well before any trucker vaccine mandate. If anyone familiar with this, the, the concerns about the supply chain have been there since the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. If you want to see empty shelves, I remember you go back to March and April of 2020, there were empty shelves in all sorts of uh, stores because people were panic buying and they were hoarding, if yeah. you recall. You, know, you couldn't get toilet paper or paper towels for the longest period of time. Then you've got the container ship problem, where you've got a, basically a, um, a human resources unable to unload uh, container ships in pl- places like Los Angeles. This is, supply chain issue has been with us for some time. There were stories before Christmas, if you recall, warning people, you're not going to be able to get your Christmas shopping done because we're going to have a shortage of goods because of the supply chain issue. So the supply chain issue has been a problem well before anything about truckers. And again, I... Go- shop every couple nights at my grocery store there's no shortage of goods i mean like the the vaccination rate among truckers is basically the same as the general population one would would assume 90 percent okay so this is what the trucking associations say 90 percent of the drivers are vaccinated and again you're talking 10 percent of the drivers are impacted by this by this rule now you know you could have trucking companies say well okay i've got other drivers i can send across across the border but 10 percent is a small number compared to right now if you recall the prediction was uh with omicron 30 percent of the workforce in any particular sector was going to be off work because they were sick so uh omicron is a far bigger issue to the supply chain uh problem than unvaccinated uh, drivers let's go to richard on the line in richmond hi richard go ahead Hi, I just figured I'd call in and help Keith out with uh, the question that he was asked about Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson actually beat a liable charge by admitting in court that he lies on air. So you might want to look that one up. Have a good good one, Richard. Okay, okay, thank you. So Mike from U.S., listen to Richard from Richmond. Steve in Campbell River. Hi, Steve. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. Just wondering, I had read somewhere about England doing away with vaccine passports and mandatory mask mandates, and I haven't really heard much about it. So I'm wondering if you guys have heard anything about it. England. So England is reducing their restrictions. I'm not sure about vaccine passports, but uh, they are about to lift a whole bunch of restrictions there, uh, quite controversially, because they're being told that's not the best science. But nevertheless, uh, uh, the Boris Johnson government has made that uh, decision. Interestingly, I've had um, friends and family traveling from England. They're still facing some pretty onerous travel restrictions in terms of uh, passing, uh, having positive tests and such. But the restrictions are easing in England at a yeah. time when we're still getting lots of cases. Yeah, England has dropped the face mask rule, which is no longer mandatory in public places and schools in England. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you're not required to wear a face mask in England. Yeah. So, um, and it's, it's going to be interesting. Keep an eye on Northern Europe because there's still a lot of cases, a lot of hospitalizations, but uh, countries there are constantly revisiting the restriction rule. Eddie in the interior. Hi, Eddie. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. So I got a question. If you got two people, um, one's vaccinated, one's not, they both get COVID. Is one more dangerous to be around? Like if I'm vaccinated and I'm just curious if it's going to be equally dangerous to be around either one that has COVID or does it matter if one's got vaccination or not? You know, Keith? No, no, uh, I don't think it actually does matter. Keep in mind right now, most of the people who get COVID right now are vaccinated. Most of the people in hospital are vaccinated. Uh, But 
what we're seeing is the unvaccinated is a very small portion of the population, less than 10%, but they're representing 25% of the hospitalizations or 40%, 50% of the ICU cases. So it's disproportionately harmful to the unvaccinated population.